You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1471. This time, I sit down with Dr. Devin Hodge for a deep dive into equine herpes virus, or EHV. are at the health segment, my favorite part of the show, and I'm sitting down here with Dr. Devin Hodge, who is here in Ocala, Florida, and I met Dr. Devin Hodge because Dr. Devin Hodge came out this year to give co- give the co- take the Coggins tests for Nigel and Scooter, and she was such a lovely gal, and she hugged my pony and said nice things Aww. about him, so I thought I'd have her back. <laughs> I recently read an article about a case where a horse had EHV5 and the struggles that the veterinary clinic had in diagnosing and treating the animal. I didn't know that mm-hmm. such a thing as EHV5 even existed. So why don't we, the number five, there must be a one through four. So let's start out with what is EHV and why are there so many numbers? <laughs> sure. Very good question. Um, so EHV stands for equine herpes virus, as you probably know. Um, there are five, but they've since categorized them into um, herpes viruses and then gamma herpes viruses. So I'll just go through the list numerically and, and tell you what they are. Um, EHV1, and you don't need to remember these things. I have to look it up half the time. Um, EHV1 is primarily a respiratory disease. Um, it can cause common you know, respiratory signs, coughing, mild fever. Um, things like that. And EHV1 is the one everyone worries about because rarely it can mutate into, into the neurologic form, which is um, EHM, and that can be fatal. Um, so EHV1 is the scary one that, you know, whenever you go to a rated event, you have to prove that your horse has been vaccinated. Um, that's why we have all these biosecurity protocols in place. And EHV1 is the scary one because of that chance of it turning into the neurologic fatal form. So EHV2 um, is one of the gamma herpes viruses, which are less worrisome. Um, it's ubiquitous in normal horses, meaning if you test any horse, there's a good chance you might find it, but that horse probably isn't showing any clinical signs and will not ever show any clinical signs. So it's just kind of something that um, exists in their respiratory tract. Um, It's not associated with any sort of disease. EHV3 um, causes a venereal disease called equine coital exanthema. Again, pretty rare and probably not something you'll come across. EHV4 is the other respiratory one that we vaccinate for. Um, Again, signs are cough, runny nose, mild fever, um, things like that. And EHV4 is worrisome to um, owners of pregnant mares because it can also cause abortions. So when we give um, pregnant mares their pneumabort shot, that's EHV4. So that's to prevent abortions. And we give that um, every two months in, in the later end of pregnancy to mares. Um, so EHV1 is still the most concerning. EHV4 is the second most. And then we have EHV5 here at the bottom. Um, 
EHV5 is also ubiquitous in normal horse populations, not as prevalent as EHV2, but you can test a lot of normal horses and get a positive for EHV5. So most often it's not something that's going to cause disease. However, in rare cases, like, like the one that it sounds like you were reading about, um, it can be associated with a disease called EMPF, which is equine multinodular pulmonary fibrosis. So, that sounds expensive and scary. Yes, it's a long name. We'll just we'll use the letters. But um, that's that's your one through five quick summary. So that explains why whenever you get a vaccine for your horse, whether you do it yourself or your veterinarian does it, the the mm-hmm. vaccine is labeled EHV dash one slash four because those are the two specific strains that you're vaccinating for. Exactly. Those are really the only ones that we feel are worth vaccinating for um, because they are commonly associated with disease. And also, I want to note here because there's a common misconception, you're vaccinating against the respiratory form only. There is currently no vaccine against the neurologic form of EHV1. Um, So all of these, you know, checks and balances to make sure horses are vaccinated coming into shows really aren't doing much to prevent um, neurologic disease outbreaks. Um, I mean, it's still a good measure to take. We're on board with it, but there is currently no vaccine for the neurologic form of EHV1. So biosecurity measures cannot be replaced by a vaccine in this case. Correct. There you go. So with EH14, those two mm-hmm. diseases can cause serious or di- problems or serious uh, serious disease or death in a horse when they decide mm-hmm. to mutate. Do they have any clue about when or why though one of those would mutate into something that can become deadly? Um, well, they are studying it, but as of yet, I don't believe we have an answer. Nothing. And same with five. No. They don't know why so many horses carry that virus and every once in a blue moon, one gets really sick. True. And with EHV5, we're not even sure if it's the causative agent. All all we know, yes. So all we know is that when horses get this EMPF, this rare lung disease, um, you can isolate EHV5 from their lung tissue. But we don't know if that's what caused the disease. That hasn't been proven yet. Interesting. And it, mm-hmm. and it be, being so rare, I imagine it's really hard to study. Well, the prevalence of EHV5 is high. It's just the prevalence of it causing horses to become sick is low. So there was one study where they looked at 167 horses that had just been imported to the U.S. and they swabbed all of them. And over 40% of them came back positive on a nasal swab for EHV5 via PCR testing. However, clinical signs like fever were not at all correlated. Um, So it's just something that 40% of horses carry. There was another study in standard breads where it was like 66% of horses. So a lot of horses are going around carrying this, but it doesn't seem to be causing disease unless there's some other additive factor. Now, do they have... Do they suspect or have any theories that something that's not EHE5 
can be causing the um, lung disease that is currently associated with? Are they are they throwing anything at the wall going, maybe it's this and not that? I think they think there is some other mystery ingredient, but we don't know what that is as of yet. It might be the condition of originally having heaves or asthma. That might be the underlying condition. If you have that and then become infected with EHV5, then you get equine multinodular pulmonary fibrosis. Um, but there is some other ingredient other than just having um, EHV5, just being exposed to EHV5. There so, has to be some other something factor. Else going on there. So final question, yep. just to terrify everybody, mm-hmm. because our, our favorite thing to do with the health segment is to terrify folks. What are the symptoms of the EHV5 associated yeah. lung disease? <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to try sure. to remember the num- letters. There's just too many. No, it's okay. Okay. So we're talking about EMPF, which um, is a chronic lung disease usually seen in middle-aged horses. Um, clinical signs are very similar similar to heaves. So um, difficulty breathing, cough, um, they can have fever, they can exhibit weight loss. And usually I explain that as they're working so hard to breathe, they're burning so many calories that they lose weight as a result. Um, so that's pretty much what it will just look exactly like heaves or equine asthma. If, if you've seen that, um, horses chronically having trouble breathing, coughing, wheezing, um, they have abnormal lung sounds. Um, so that's pretty much what you're going to find. And, you know, I was going to say at the beginning of this, I personally have never seen a case of EMPF. However, I've seen a lot of heaves cases and whether or not any of those were EMPF would be hard to tell. So, um, so how would you, t- how, really I, I promised only one more question, but now I have sure. another one. How no, would you okay. tell heaves from EMPF? Yep. So, um, the gold standard diagnosis is a bronchoalveolar lavage where you put a tiny little tube into um, the lungs and you flush some saline in and you pull it back out and then you test that fluid um, and you would do PCR on that fluid and see if it came back positive. Um, in my hands, I would probably just do a quick nasal swab first to make sure that the horse was carrying EHB5. And then if they were, I would do that BAL test, the bronchoalveolar lavage to see if it was in their lungs. There we go. Fascinating yep. stuff. Thank you very much, Dr. Hodges. Dr. Hodges. Hey, I keep wanting to do that. That's not right. Dr. Hey, Hodge. Everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. Dr. Hodge is here in Ocala. She's a veterinarian here in Ocala and she works for Miller and Associates who has locations in New York, Ocala, Wellington, and I think one other place. Uh, two in New York, Brewster and Long Island. Yep. There we go. And you can find them online at miller-dmv. or miller-dvm.com. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Horse Radio Network has thousands of engaging podcasts for horse people, and you can have them sent right to your phone. Just subscribe via your favorite podcast player. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <music>